As always, the dulcet tones of Herb Alpert and the Tijuana Brass means it's time for another edition of Fangraphs Audio. Hello, I'm Carson Sistuli, host of Fangraphs Audio. And on this edition of the podcast, I sit down with Naveen Viswani. If the name Naveen Viswani sounds familiar, because Mr. Viswani has been contributing on Not Graphs for the last month or so. But who is Naveen Viswani, really? Is he, as Winston Churchill once described him, a riddle wrapped in a mystery inside a Canadian? In what follows, we hope to get to the bottom of that question. Besides Knockgraphs, Naveen has written for Sports in the City and also contributed to Toronto's Globe and Mail. Please listen intently as I discuss baseball and fandom with Knockgraphs contributor Naveen Viswani. My guest right now is a gentleman who has been contributing to Knockgraphs. Um, not since its inception, uh, but uh, shortly thereafter. Uh, before Knockgrafts, and also sort of uh, concurrent with his contributions to Knockgrafts, uh, Naveen Vaswani uh, uh, also contributes to Sports in the City, in fact is the owner-operator of Sports in the City. Uh, additionally to that, um, he is a, uh, a, I guess not a, c- a constant contributor, but contributed to Toronto's The Globe and Mail, this summer, a, a series um, called Stealing Home, in which he visited, uh, during which time he visited and reported on uh, visits to all of the 30 major league stadia um, and the sort of uh, uh, trials and tribulations and also the good times uh, that, that occurred therein. Uh, and, and last, uh, but certainly not least, to understanding Mr. Vasmani, we have to note that he is uh, a Torontonian. Uh, and I'm not sure if that's the correct adjectival use, but uh, but we'll find out for him. How are you doing, Naveen? Thanks for having me, Carson. Yeah, well, of course you're welcome. Uh, is it Torontonian, Naveen? It is Torontonian. I, b- I believe it is. I, that's what I go by. So yes, uh, it's it's been decided right here, right now. It is Torontonian. Okay, okay, good. Yeah, actually, uh, a lot of um, the m- the more important linguists uh, do turn towards uh, Fangraphs Audio for their 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 cues on uh, on usage. Absolutely. So I'm glad we can help them. Yeah. It's basically a community service project, uh, as I'm sure you've realized. Uh, now, listen, you've been part of the uh, Team Knockgraphs uh, for a couple, few weeks here. Um, and uh, I definitely want to you know, talk about um, some point, like what you view sort of uh, as the opportunity that, you know, that Knockgraphs provides you, or, you know, and, and how you sort of view it as separate from some of the other projects. Um, but, I, you know, it would probably make sense to to first start with um, you as a as a sporting fan and as a Torontonian sporting fan uh, because that's an interesting thing and of course Canada is a land of mystery to those of us down here in the continental 48. Uh, so uh, you've lived in Toronto uh, not necessarily for all of your life but for for most of it and uh, it seems like you've been a sporting fan uh, for for most of that too. What is the uh, what is sort of your life as the uh, as a sports fan in Toronto? Uh, can you give us a, a brief, uh, I guess, genesis and timeline of that? Sure. Um, like you said, uh, pretty much raised, born and raised, not born in Toronto, but raised in Toronto, as Canadian as they come, and as Torontonian as they come. I've been a I've been a Toronto sports fan for as long as I can remember, and 
I guess that would be a little bit unfortunate because it's, it's a pretty rough go up here. And like you said, you guys wouldn't know anything about it because you pay us zero attention. But, you know, the Toronto Blue Jays, uh, when I was, I think nine or ten years old, they were, they were at their, uh, at their peak there. And I, I think I just took it for granted that, you know, we're going to win back to back World Series all the time. And it didn't quite work out that way. So once, uh, once the strike ended and, I kind of fell out of favor a bit with uh, with baseball and uh, with all my Canadian brethren up here uh, obsessed with hockey. Yeah, I got into hockey. I'm a big uh, big hockey, big Leafs fan. But as I grow older, grow a little bit wiser, not too much, but a little bit, uh, I've fallen back into favor, back into love with baseball and Toronto Blue Jays. That's that's my team. <laughs> yeah. Now, so so I uh, I don't know exactly how old you would have been, but uh, I assume that like an event like the uh Joe Carter walk-off home run in uh, one of those was it uh, early '90s World Series uh, might have had an impact on a young Naveen. Absolutely, I was. I, I remember vividly both '92 and '93. I was at a in '92. I was actually at a family party. It was uh, Diwali, which is the Indian New Year. So I was at a hotel somewhere in Toronto. Uh, I, I was I was young, and I have an older brother and. He made it his mission that we must find the game, and we actually went to the hotel bar. And I remember the lady, the bartender. She was like, "You know, you guys are way too young. You cannot be in here. If you really want to, I can set up a TV in a little lounge room for you." And she was really kind enough to do that for us. And by the time Dave Winfield hit that double down the line, there must have been at least 45 to 50 people in there within that room with us. So it, it really was a celebration, and. 93, uh, I remember I was, again, I was young, so I was watching it at home, and I, I think I might have had a few too many rounds of chocolate milk, but we definitely <laughs> celebrated. So, for sure, there's a lot of memories there. Hopefully, uh, the Jays can get back there and give us a few more. You know, um, with, re- with regard to the Blue Jays, and uh, in particular their, their home stadium, uh, the Rogers Center, I guess formerly the Sky Dome, I, I remember myself having visited that, I guess, in uh, 95 or 96. And I remember that when it was built, uh, of course, it was a huge deal. Um, I believe it was the first, at least, baseball stadium with a retractable roof. Um, and the the Blue Jays were quite good at the time, uh, which I think, you know, or at least had been good recently. So that sort of drew more attention. Um, I wonder what it's been like as a Toronto fan just to kind of uh, interact with that building uh, from from going from sort of like a state-of-the-art facility but maybe having been built just a few, two years early to really maintain that through the uh, late 90s and aughts? I think uh, what I've, through my baseball travels and through everything, through all the stadiums that I've been to and the countless amount of times that I've been to the Sky Dome, what I would say about it is that, like you said, it's, it was ahead of its time. And when it, when it first opened, the Blue Jays were at the top and you had this beautiful facility retractable roof first in baseball finally you play indoors which which you really need to do up here and it was fantastic but as the years went on you had the next the next level the next group of retractable uh, stadiums they built on what went wrong with this item and that's what makes me think that yeah it was ahead of its time and it's by no means the greatest uh, place to watch a baseball game but I personally have a, I guess I have a an attachment to it. I, I like it. I, I go down a lot, and it, it's home. It's it's dome. It's home. But yeah, it's not the greatest place. So now, um, 
correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, Sports in the City, which is the uh, your sort of like a personal personal space on the internet, uh, that began in uh, 2006. Is that right? Yes, it is. And and uh, now I, I'm sure there, uh, everyone has their reason for starting a, a, an outlet like that. But what was yours? Uh, I mean, what what for you was important about um, uh, rendering into print or at least electronic print? Uh, your feelings about uh, Toronto sports, um, or is it the uh, you know, maybe the same reason that a lot of us do, which was to uh, you know to to receive f- uh, fame, riches, and admiration? And absolutely, that's pretty much exactly what it was. I, I signed up for uh, you know I went to blogger uh, blogspot whatever it was back in the day and set up a little uh, set up a little corner for myself and thought, okay, I'm going to opine on. The worst sports teams a man can follow, and it's going to lead me to fame, riches, lots of women, and you know it's, it's worked out pretty well. I really can't complain. <laughs> so, is uh, the dream is uh, the, the dream? The dream has become a reality. Exactly, and you know what? What else can you really ask for? You know, just sitting sitting around uh, writing about just what just the awfulness that you get to watch on a regular basis. How. How disappointing it is for the Blue Jays to to lose Roy Halladay and to sign Vernon Wells to a mammoth contract, and then watch the Yankees take AJ Burnett, which has worked out pretty well. I'll give you that. And to watch them spend just boatloads of money on you name the free agent. We're seeing it again this year with uh, Carl Crawford going to Boston, and it's just, it's really like Groundhog Day. Yeah, well, you, um, you know, we've discussed this briefly uh, uh, before. Um, and uh, you mentioned it uh, briefly towards the, the beginning of this recording. Uh, is that you, there's sort of an not an anonymity, but uh, Toronto's not even really the kid brother the way the way you're sort of uh, uh, imagining it. It's like it's almost like the uh, uh, you know like the the brother that was separated uh, at birth, but we don't even know about. I mean, do you, do you just sort of feel isolated as a as a sports fan? You apart, especially from. Uh, the other members of the LA East, or sorry, the AL East. I think you, there's a sense of isolation there for sure, but the community in Toronto itself and the passion that we display towards our own teams that that makes it easier to deal with. You know, we're just like, you know what, don't don't bother, don't pay us any attention. And right now, in terms of in terms of the AL East and in terms of the Blue Jays and Alex Anthopoulos, I think that's kind of working in our favor in the sense that you know what, we're just gonna we're gonna do our thing and. Anthopolis is just going to go about his business. He's going to trade our opening game starter last year for a hotshot prospect. Sure, the Red Sox got Carl Crawford, but he's 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 working. He's got his plan, and let's see what happens. We're just gonna we're just gonna sneak up on people. Which again, I think the Blue Jays did last year by winning. I believe there was 85 or 86 games. They finished above 500 when, and people pegged them. Even Toronto writers themselves had pegged them to to finish. I I read people had them finishing last. Behind the Orioles, I mean the Orioles. So, <laughs> like, do people really know what's going on when they're pegging the Orioles to finish ahead of the Jays? I, I don't think so. And again, that's a part of the reason why Toronto has a, a really vibrant and a really excellent blogging community when it comes to the Blue Jays, and it's been recognized on the internet as you know the Jays do have a really strong fan base when it comes to blogging and writing. Really thoughtful, really smart, and. It wasn't a surprise to me when the, when the Blue Jays won more than 80 games, but I, I come at it from a glasses-overflowing type of perspective over it. 
sports in the city. Right, yeah, and uh, just to name a couple of those names, I know that, uh, I'm familiar certainly with Drew Fairservice, uh, who runs Ghost Runner on First. Absolutely, Yeah, who are some other names uh, that are sort of in that in that blogging circle? Uh, another blog that I read uh, quite religiously is the Tao of Steve, the da- or I think it's the Tao of Steve. I always get that one wrong. Yeah. Um, there's the Blue Jay Hunter. Um, he's another regular on the Toronto uh, blogging community. Drunk Jays fans, which pretty much started it all out. Those guys are about as uh, as crass and lewd as it gets, but it works. And they've got a really big following. They had a they had their own podcast with uh, the Score a couple of years ago. And like I said, between the Drunks and the Blue Jay Hunter and Mop Up Duty, Ghost Runner on First, Dow Steed, Go Jays Go. There's there's just a vibrant vibrant community. And like I said, it's it's very smart. It's a very smart community. And it plays off on what Fangraphs has to offer, essentially. So uh, now I want to I want to discuss, uh, um, I guess what, what represents another, uh, and I assume kind of big step in in your um, ability to and your sort of experience of writing and interacting with the game uh, in print, which is a series you provided to the Toronto Globe and Mail uh, this past summer. Uh, it's called Stealing Home. I, I mentioned that, and uh, it is. Um, essentially, the project was that you would visit, um, in uh, in some order, all 30 of the Major League Baseball stadia, and um, uh, you know, I guess uh, try and try and uh, understand the experience um, with with these things being printed uh, at the Globe and Mail website. Uh, can, could you talk maybe about um, how the whole thing started, and uh, and you know, you know, like how you got this idea and how you. Uh, uh, you know uh, how it came to fruition. Sure. Um, essentially, I had taken off uh, at the beginning of this year, and it's first of all, it's amazing how fast time flies. But uh, at the beginning of February, I took off for a call. I was essentially I had planned to be in India for five months. I was going to travel to the, the subcontinent. I had a backpack, and I had uh, the Lonely Planet back to India, and I, I set off from Toronto. Though so I went out there, I spent a couple of months out there, and. I was actually hanging out in Delhi with some family, and it was it was more more of downtime for me in terms of the traveling. And I had asked some uh, some friends on Twitter for book recommendations, something I could read while I was on the road. And uh, one of uh, one of my friends told me to read Joe Posnanski's The Soul of Baseball, where he traveled around um, the USA with Buck O'Neill, and just the education process of Mr. O'Neill's for the Negro Leagues and I did some research on that book online, and one night I just I just had this wacky idea. I think we've all had this idea where you know what we're gonna we're gonna just go on this crazy baseball road trip, and we're gonna hit every single stadium in one summer. And I thought about it. I like I said, I'd put some money away to travel, and I reached out to local papers and local websites in Toronto, and I basically gave myself. Um, that decision where I, I told myself, look, if anyone fights, if anyone agrees if, to give me an avenue and a, a, a space on their website, I'll, I'll come home and I'll do that. And that's exactly how it worked out. I, I actually reached out to the Globe and Mail first, and they accepted, uh, agreed to pay a small amount of my expenses, and the next thing I knew, I had booked a plane ticket home, and I believe that was the end of March, and... I, my goal was to get started on opening day itself, which I believe was April 5th in Pittsburgh, but by the time I got home, tickets were sold out. 
and it's kind of a ritual between my brother and uh, a group of friends up here where we go to every Toronto Blue Jays home opener. So I decided to push it back a week. I went to the Jays home opener, and the next day I was off to Detroit, and that's pretty much exactly how it began. And I rode yeah, the well, Greyhounds mega I'm, bus. Yeah, sorry, Navi. Well, I'm curious though. What does that email look like? I, I, I mean, I assume it's an email you send. Who do you? I mean, who do you send it to with the gold mail? You'd be like, I'm a, I'm a guy, and I want to write. Is it, I mean, is that I the extent of it? <laughs> I well, essentially, I, I work as a journalist. I was working as a in broadcast for a public broadcasting company in Toronto called TVO, and I was working for a current affairs program. So I have the journalistic background, and I know how to chase chase produce. So if you, if you need an email address, I can find it. And essentially, I found the the editors at the Globe and Mail, both the online sports editor and the deputy sports editor, and I decided to shot off emails to to those editors and took it from there. So that's pretty much how it went down. And and now with the trip, um, uh, yeah, you're right. I, I think that we've all had. I mean, even, uh, that that notion that we might try uh, someday, or you know, maybe someday sooner than that, uh, a a baseball a baseball road trip. Um, but it seems like a lot to organize, and and uh, and I'm curious. I mean, besides the organization that goes into it, you know, what about it uh, sort of. I guess lived up to the romance of such a thing, and uh, or or else, what else surprised you about the trip? Well, what surprised me about the trip, I'd probably say, was just I don't think it hit me until I got home, but it was just how incredibly exhausted I was after the fact. I I ended up finishing the the entire circuit in 55 days, so I left on the 12th of April, and I was home on June 7th. And I was just so bagged, I couldn't believe it. And again, when you're on the road, you have you have this mission, and you're you're focused on this mission. And the the planning of it was such that I I essentially sat down one night and I said, okay, if I start here in Toronto, I'm going to go to Detroit, then Cleveland, then Pittsburgh. I'll go east to New York. And again, you're at the mercy of the schedule. So I was lucky enough to have a friend in New York, where essentially I was in New York for two weeks, and I was sleeping in his living room and taking the bus from New York to Boston to watch the game come back. I got a day off, then I'll go to Baltimore. Again, take the bus to Baltimore, back. Another day off, go to Washington and back. I use New York as a hub in the Northeast. But again, I was at the mercy of the schedule in the sense that if it ever rained and I had a game back-to-back, then I, I might really have a problem. And lucky, luckily enough, I, I, I had a, two rain delays, one in Pittsburgh, which was an hour, and one in uh, down in Miami, which was half an hour, and... I didn't miss a single game. Yeah, well, that's fortunate. Yeah, out west. Uh, yeah. Now, what? Um, I'm curious too. Besides just uh, besides the travel and actually watching the games, what you sort of viewed as as your mission in, as far as writing about the experience goes? Because, and, and in fact, just recently on the site, uh, I reviewed a, a website called Stadium Journey. Uh, that sort of acts as a deputy for you know uh, sporting consumers or sporting fans, and discusses the you know the relative pros and cons of different stadia and uh, you know what they might offer in terms of food and beverage or atmosphere, uh, you know and, and maybe you know, logistical things like uh, getting to and from the ballpark. Now uh, stealing home uh, is not that. Uh, you, I mean you certainly do um, you know meditate on on the geography of the stadium sometimes and. You know, getting to and from from the stadiums, but it also 
you know, there, there's elements of autobiography and of, uh, I don't know about, you know, cultural criticism or any of this, but I mean, what did you sort of view as your role in interacting uh, with the game, you know, via, via writing? When I when I first set out, I didn't I, I to be honest with you, I didn't really know like what the exact focus was other, other than okay, here I am, I'm going to all 30 stadiums. Okay, now where do I go from there? I really didn't have an idea, and I, I kind of I kind of did it as I went along. And my my father was kind enough to I needed a ride to get into Detroit, and it was actually an afternoon game, which was the day after the home opener for the Blue Jays. And according to the bus schedules, I wouldn't have made it in time to get to Detroit to get to the game. So I needed a ride, and my father was kind enough to, to to take me down to Detroit, and we actually got to go to the game together. And you know, he's not a big baseball fan at all. He's not. He, he doesn't have a lot of time for sports in general. So I themed that one around that aspect of okay, my my father, immigrant from India, <laughs> very well educated, no time for sports, but you know, he was kind enough to take me to the game, and I really appreciated that. And I, I heard even from him, who he's been to the Sky Dome many times. He took me as a youngster, and even he made some comments about comparisons to the Sky Dome. And I thought, you know what? I that's the only baseball experience I have is the Sky Dome, is the Blue Jays. And as pretty much three stadiums in after Cleveland, after Pittsburgh, I knew that it's impossible not to compare what I'm seeing to what I always go through when I'm in Toronto. So it essentially became. Hey, what is Toronto doing good? What is Toronto? What, what can Toronto do do better? What do these stadiums have? How much? What type of food? What can I get? What what food can I get in Pittsburgh? And I had a I had a Primanti Brothers sandwich, which was fantastic. And what kind of beer is on tap? Do they serve local beer? And it, it just kind of went from there in, in terms of just you know what. The comparison, really, between Toronto and every other stadium, and also for me, the interacting with the fans. Like I just sitting down and talking to a, a stranger in St. Louis about what it's like to to watch Albert Pujols every day, and sitting down with a a stranger in Seattle. What is it like to watch Ichiro every day? And you find that people they don't really care who you are, or where you're from. They just want to talk baseball. And I got to Seattle, I think, a day or two after. Ken Griffey Jr. announced his retirement and people were leaving messages on a mural outside the stadium, a picture of, of Jr. And I was talking to like a grown man and he, he broke down in tears telling me that Ken Griffey Jr. built that stadium. And if it wasn't for him, baseball probably would have left town. And he was just devastated by Ken Griffey Jr.'s retirement, knowing that it, the day was coming. But it still happened and it still just it hit him where it hurt the most and I think that's the type of experience that you can't really I can't really tell you I'm gonna, uh, that's going to happen but it did and that was the best part just talking with the fans and now I'm curious as to how you would interact with that I know that you, uh, you're you certainly sympathetic to advanced, advanced stats uh, I wonder talking to a fan in Seattle about King Griffey Jr.'s retirement um, and noting the profound effect it's having on that gentleman while also knowing that Ken Griffey Jr. is a uh, is terrible, you know, was terrible at baseball by the end, uh, and probably hurting the Mariners. I, I wonder, you know, for you, how how you uh, might negotiate those two facts um, when you're in that situation. I think at that point, it it just goes to show you that while the statistics are a big part of the game, the, the emotional connection that people have to baseball, to baseball players especially, it it kind of goes beyond that, beyond that statistical plane and. 
there's a time and place for that conversation and there's a time and place to what that team, that player means to the community. And I think that's what, especially in my travels, especially when you're talking about a guy like Pujols, you know, wow, his statistics are off the charts. And what do you, what do you pay that man? And one, one guy I talked to in St. Louis just said, you give him a blank check and you let him work, you let him work it out. <laughs> that's what he means to the city. And I think that for me was the, for me again, bringing it back to what I write about at Sports in the City is like what how does that team shape your city's identity like we've almost got a crisis like a uh, I don't know the words uh, it's almost like an identity crisis in the sense that we 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 knew Roy Halliday was amazing when he pitched in Toronto and it's a slight against us that nobody else recognized him when he was up here and now that everyone recognized when he pitched really well down in Philly that wow this guy is just fantastic how was how did we not know about him and we kind of take that personally in Toronto that hey we knew it all we knew we knew it all along where, where were you <laughs> so that mentality kind of pervades because again of the attachment of each team each player to that city and I think that's what I really wanted to get to the bottom of in my travels what does the Oakland A's mean to Oakland what do the Giants mean to San Francisco? And I think, again, that's part of the interaction with the fans, and that's what I learned. So, Now, in, in one of your, uh, I guess it was actually the last post in the Stealing Home series, uh, you have sort of a, a reflection back on the uh, uh, on the, the trip as a whole. I mean, it, you sort of look at it specifically through um, Coors Field, but it starts off with a discussion uh, that you're having um on a uh, sports radio station in Toronto, uh, specifically with Globe and Mail sports writer Jeff Blair. And uh, one of the things that Jeff Blair notes is that uh, he says that the writing is the hardest part. And I think it, uh, this is sort of a phrase that um, you sort of uh, reflect on afterwards and, and serves maybe as the entry point for, for this particular article. Uh, I'm curious as to, as to what that means to you. The, the writing is the hardest part. Uh, what it meant to you at the time, and and how it might, you know, uh, affect you more generally, like you know, with regard to to writing at um, sports in the city or not graphs. I think at the time when he when he told me that, I was actually on the bus returning to Toronto from Buffalo, and we were doing a radio thought and. I, I really didn't make much of it, what he had said, and again, this goes back to what I told you, just how exhausting the trip was, and I, I just lost momentum in terms of writing, and what I was not doing when I was when I was on the road, both in India and on the baseball trip, was reading a lot, in terms of blogs, and I do a lot of reading online, and I wasn't doing that at the time, and I think that made it easier for me to write. When I got back home, got back into routine, went back to work, I started reading again, and it, it, it sort of hit me in, in the sense that, wow, what, what can I say about this stadium or this team that will... And it kind of went back to, to any form of writing that I was doing. Take it to Toronto. We, we The Blue Jays have traded Sean Markham for Brett. What, what can I say about that trade, having never seen uh, Lowry play? never really heard about him he was a prospect in the the brewers system i don't really care about their prospects in in terms of my education of them and the writing is the hardest part if i'm not adding to the conversation what's the point if i'm just grabbing stats or 
giving you a certain opinion on a player that, again, I've never seen play. I can't really opine on what is the point, and I think that's what really what really hit me in terms of the writing, especially about sailing home, was that I, I really wanted to give a vision of what the experience was like. But again, you I think you had posted on uh, on Ocrafts just a couple of days ago about stadium journeys. Information is out there already. And that difficulty for me was what can I offer that makes it readable? Because I really want it to be readable. And just kind of hit a hit a snag and the rest of the ceiling home entries which are the west coast i stopped in denver uh with the globe and mail those will be put into a book so they're it's not complete yet oh that's excellent um well well naveen uh i think that we might have uh reached the conclusion of of this uh interview and uh feel as though uh if we don't necessarily know everything about uh naveen viswani we at least know uh, uh, enough to uh, maybe look at his posts uh, from now on in Knockrafts, uh with a with a slightly deeper understanding. Uh, so I want to um, I want to sort of thank you very much for joining us. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. And apologies for the the long winded answers at times. No, no, though no, those are uh, our favorite sort of winded answers. Uh, Naveen Naveen Viswani's writing, uh, besides being seen at Knockrafts, uh can also be viewed at uh, SportsInTheCity.com. Uh, where he will be reflecting and, uh, I guess, lamenting all manner of uh, Toronto-area sports. Uh, thank you for joining us. Naveen, this is Fangraphs Audio.